Ciao Juventini, welcome back to the all Juve cast channel where of course it's all Juve all the time coming off of a 3-0 victory against Lazio just like everybody predicted, right? Right? Right. We had a couple draws. I predicted a million goal, that's enough for me. We had a couple <laughs> draws, we had, uh, I had to switch mine, I said that game had draw written all over it and oh my, were we surprised, that was awesome, probably... The best way to go into the World Cup break, and that was a performance like that, that uh, leaves Cassano and Adani with absolutely nothing for um, ammo. Okay, those couple of clowns out there to them. Say, okay, Juve getting it done in convincing fashion. Absolutely love it. Okay, so that is exactly how you need to go into the World Cup break. Okay, so today breaking this one down and all uh in the aftermath we got lex we got omar we got algerto butso okay luca there always trying to trying to get funny there with the names i like it i like it okay so for everyone on your audio outlets tuning into this get over to youtube okay subscribe to the channel and that's where you're going to get all your daily updates and we've got a lot of fun that's going to be happening over the uh world cup break okay so uh, obviously we have our ride or die challenge the teams have been drawn. Sorry to Lucci and Anthony who keep complaining about their luck, but I don't care. All right. So we're going to have fun with that. We're going to tackle um, following the Juventus players on international duty. And we actually are the most represented team out of Syria in the World Cup with 11 players going. And that's with Italy not qualifying. Okay. So uh, interesting stuff there. Again, I know where everybody's thoughts are going with that one. Fingers crossed that they come back healthy, okay, and that they come back fit for the second half of the season. Now, everybody, let's get to this game. As far as the news, we usually kick things off with news. Relatively quiet news day, okay? Still a couple rumors about Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. We got into that yesterday. We're not going to dive into that again. Um, and outside of that, it's more just questions, not really reports. It's just certain things that Max might do in the second half of the season. Omar? Yeah, there's one last thing from like 25 minutes ago from Nicolas Skira, who says, Alvaro Rio Sola has been offered to Juventus in the last days. The Spanish fullback could leave Real Madrid in January, but he's not Juve's main target for the role. There you go. There you go. All right. Our boy, Justin. So, and as far as the rest, I don't think there's anything newsworthy to really get into. No, just interviews after the game and stuff. Nothing yeah. serious. Giovanni yeah. Albanese said something interesting that uh, Allegri is opting to go after the World Cup with a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, and we're going to get to that one after we recap this game because that's kind of a, a good topic of discussion because mm. everybody feels differently. And I've already put my tweet out in reference to that news clip it from our main and um, already get some uh, contradicting uh, opinions, which is great, but that's why we got the show. So let's get into this lineup, the starting lineup going into this one. We had obviously the reports going into it about Benucci and I was willing to bet with Luca 
on our uh, last show that he, there was no way Max was going to go Benucci. And all the way leading into this thing, we saw Benucci, Benucci, Benucci. And then all of a sudden, in comes Gatti. I just, again, I can't see it happening. Um, just he wasn't going with him in the big matches leading to that. Can't see it doing it. Gatti's there more than capable. So you get Gatti. We get Chesney and Gold, Bremer, Gatti, Danilo. Quadrado, Fagioli, Locatelli, there were some doubts there, but luckily he managed to get into the lineup because he has been in strong form. Then you have Rabio and Kostic, and then Keane and Milik partnering up up top. And that one created a little bit of uh, a little bit of doubts there because some like to see, uh, we felt we were lacking some dynamic play and needed some help in the middle that Moretti can bring. But, he went with Keane and Millick, and he backed him, and Max backed him. So that's one thing we can go on. That lineup, straightforward, it is what it is. That middle's been playing a lot, but you know what? Keep it going. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. This was our last one going into the World Cup break. I have no issues with that lineup, and I was glad to see Gatti get the start. How did you guys feel about that starting lineup? Let's start with Lex. Same. I felt the same way. I was okay with it. I thought like this is the midfield that Max more or less stumbled upon and it was clicking for us. We had a lot of qualities that complement each other. So I was cool with the midfields. It was cool with the 3-5-2 up against Saudi's 4-3-3. It was, was okay for me from the start as well. There you go. Luca. I'm just glad I didn't put money on, on uh, Bonucci starting with you because uh, <laughs> I had a feeling. I, I mean, look, I'm glad he didn't start, but I just had a feeling that uh, Max would be stubborn and put him back in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's not like he had many other choices. Uh, I'm surprised Locatelli started, but I'm happy about it. And that's it. There you go. Omar, anything to add on our lineups? No, I yapped about it for five minutes yesterday, so nothing to add for me. Good. Move on. There you go. (laughs) I got to say morning how can we forget about the amazing live chat okay good morning from new york city good morning we got jeremiah coming in here hi guys great win we're on amazing streak since fajoli came on at lecce no coincidence everybody started playing better more balance in midfield from unwanted to essential forza fajoli there you go good morning ajc coming in from Vito. going into world cup break in third who would have thought Nobody. Fabio South Chow. yes third place amazing forza juve Positive, positive stuff. Everybody feeling great. And again, it was unexpected. Okay, we were written off by many and uh, some our own fans. And look who we got here coming in today. Cue the cliff gritty. Hey, I was uh, dropping some gritties on the uh, live watch on because I was so pumped for Keen's goals. But Cliff, good to see you in there, man. Good I'm, I'm happy to see him in there, but the gritty we'll just like... Get him, we'll have to get him uh, in here at some point. We'll have to reach out and get him back uh, on one of these shows. So let's get through the highlights. No doubt. And we're going to talk about this game. We're going to give our overviews. Then we're going to get to all the good stuff after that. Okay, so let's get into it. 11th minute, Kostic finding Fajoli after a good switch field from Fajoli himself. Gets to the top of the area. Gets a nice left-footed shot out. Forces Provadel into a save. And he managed to just hang on with none other than Moise Keane lingering there, just waiting for that rebound to pounce. So Juve starts off very, very good. Uh, our press was definitely engaged. If you looked at Lazio, Lazio was just getting shut down. I found it strange how they were using Sergei Malikovic-Savic as this kind of creator and kind of trying to control things. 
not really his style, but I was taking it because I felt that was to our advantage. He was basically trying to control things and he was stuck out on a wing, on a flank and whatnot, and essentially just crossing things in. So I really, really like that. So it was good stuff um, from Juve basically neutralizing Lazio. We had a couple other opportunities, one coming from Keane, who again had 1v1. He had Milik over to his left, but he decides to take a shot, um, just ends up going wide. And then in the 42nd minute, I don't think you can you could have scripted this, okay, any better than how it went down. But Sergei Malinkovic-Savage, who is obviously all the rumors, and I'm sure it has something to do with the game, uh, taking place and whatnot, all these rumors about Juve going after and whatnot, Rabio, all these contract talks and renewals at 10 million. But Adrian Rabio strips Malinkovic Savage of the ball, pops the ball over Lazio's back line into Moise Keane's path, and Keane does incredibly well to finish that one off for the 1 0 Juve goal. And that was absolutely, uh, absolutely great stuff. And uh, what can you really say? Uh, Keane's finish there. Providel just misread that completely. Probably thought it was going to get to that edge of the area where he could grab it with his hands and then realized, hey, he's at the point of no return. Goes out there. But Keane did extremely well. I absolutely lost my mind on that goal. Anything to add on that? You couldn't have scripted that any better. Rabio stripping Malinkovic-Savage getting the assist there. It was like poetry, like you said. Like, you couldn't have written a better script for that goal. And I just thought Keane was just incredible on that finish. Like, I was – it was great. Like, credit to him. All credit to him. It was great. And Rabio's through ball. Got to give credit to Rabio too. But like you said, Al, like, you could not have scripted a better goal with all of the drama associated around that game with the midfielders. Yeah, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Uh, anything to add, Luca, Omar, on that goal? Omar, you're breaking up, buddy. Yeah, Omar, we're losing you, man. Breaking up. So, Luca, anything to add on that goal? I'll fix my internet. Yeah, let me. Okay. Um, one, I just want to say that. I'm not going to overly applaud Rabiot for stripping SMS. I think that was just a bad touch on SMS's side. And I'm, I'm glad he got the ball off him properly. But I, like people are freaking out as if he'd made some beautiful slide tackle. Like, he got the ball. He was he in the right spot. He tried to beat him. That wasn't a bad touch. He literally tried to take him on. Uh, okay. And then I'm even more impressed that he was able to chip the ball perfectly to keep. Like, I am beyond impressed with how well that went. Two perfect moves from Rabiot. I'm like, oh my god, buy me a lottery ticket. And then the fact that Keane was able to finish it per like perfectly. And if you if you told me this three months ago, I I would have called you absolutely yeah, passionate. Yeah, three months ago, dude. The guy's been in top form, man, for a while now. He's. Had I'm not saying. I'm saying this, like, if old bad stretch. I'm just saying three months ago, no one would have he seen this be coming. Surprised anymore? That's the point. Rabiot Can you really be surprised about Rabiot anymore? Yes, because usually he'd do all the work and then his final ball stinks. So that was that impressive. That last goal, that touch we talked about, Rabio's touch was incredible. On I that still goal. think that he's, was luck. He's, he's turning a corner, man. Like, you can't uh, be surprised anymore. If you're surprised still by yeah, Rabio, I'm still, I'm still at this surprised. point, you haven't been paying attention. 
But I've been watching the games. I'm still surprised, though. Because it's like, it's been two years of shit, and now he's putting it together? Like, Again, what happened? you're going on years. We talked about that last week. Last year, he was playing outside as a central midfielder. Your boy, who you love to praise, Weston McKenney. We oh, save, save everybody from Weston McKenney. Save Weston McKenney. He got caught in the same thing. You were using the defense against Weston McKenney. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna use it for him, you mm -hmm. better damn well use it for Ravio last what was my, year. My defense was, for McKenney was give that shit to me my, my on Ravio last year because he was playing the same thing. If you're surprised at this point, there's nothing any of our players can do to appease you. I feel like he has been in an incredible form, man. He's one of our most consistent, next to Kostic and Danilo and Bremer. <clears throat> Those okay. are our four guys most consistent. Okay, settle down. Settle down. Settle down. Forget. I challenge you're, you're, you're you guys getting, to tell you're me getting a little mad. somebody else on the team you're that's been aggressive. more consistent than those four. You can't. You can't I'm, do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying three months ago, I, w I would not have expected this. Yeah, but three months ago, we wouldn't have expected us to beat Lazio. Exactly. As a team. As exactly. a team. But that's what I'm saying. Things have changed, Bert. I'm, I'm agreeing. You're just seeing it the other way. Take a chill pill. <laughs> I am not disagreeing about? with you. I'm just saying. Over, over, get in here. No, I, I, I'm just. I, I love nothing better than a goal before, right before halftime. That's like a kicker for me. Nothing better than that. And the second it happened, I, I knew we were going to have a great second half. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Luke, it needs to calm down, man. I'm just telling get you. Get because every time someone tries to praise Ravio, you just have to turn back to the shit. I, I literally said I was impressed that he did two touches. Nah. Good grief. Piston, you're so well this morning. Savage had a bad touch and didn't try to take him on. Relax. I Anyways, think that, let's I... move on. A goal before halftime. We love it. We're up 1-0. Let's get your thoughts on that actual first half of football because there were still frustrations out there from even team that we weren't kind of creating enough up until that goal. Clearly. It still felt like, hey, we're Lazio's not doing anything, but Juve's not really turning the screw offensively. Did you guys have that feeling? And we'll start this one with Omar and then go around the horn here. I feel like both teams were very cautious going forward. Like they didn't put, uh, put men up and trying to get that first goal. Everything was kind of left to chance and counterattacks. Um, but that team goal really, you know, Tip the scale into Juve's favor, and then Lazio got all nervous. But we'll get to the second half. So far, it's pretty similar to what we've seen in the past five, six games in terms of the first half and second half. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Luca. I was going to let Lex go no, first. Go ahead, Luca. It's all good. Oh, um, first half was fine. I mean, Omar said it right. Like, I expected it just to be. A game of attrition, you know, first mistake uh, lands you the first uh, the first goal. But uh, truthfully, it, there was no huge difference in the performances in the first half. I think that obviously the the goal was incredibly important to get us ahead at half. And you know, in a game where I thought it was just going to be whoever messes up first, you know, decides the game. I thought that was incredibly important to get the deadlock uh, broken before the first uh, the first half. Well, obviously before halftime. Um, the only person I really like look on negatively in the first half was uh, Cuadrado, but that's I mean that's 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 just a that's usual a occasion. So yeah, that's hmm. a given. Yeah, exactly. That's it. All right, all right, Lex, your thoughts yeah. on that first half? 
Agreed. I thought it went as like we probably predicted it would go. I mean, two teams with top defensive records. I mean, how about that? The top defensive record for Lazio, not so much anymore. <laughs> Three yeah. goals past it, which was pretty sweet. But um, agreed with Omar, like that goal at that time, right before the end of the first half is just, it's great. I mean, it kind of turned the tide of the match for us and we went in and had a pretty good second half. But yeah, you guys both covered it pretty well with the first half. Yeah. And I mean, obviously... It, it went the way it needed to be. We needed to neutralize them. They were having Felipe Anderson as a false nine. They were trying to use Sergei Malinkovic-Savic as this controlling midfielder and whatnot. And Pedro and Romero were literally hugging the bylines, had nobody to really play off of and whatnot. The uh, Felipe Anderson false nine thing was just not helping uh, their case anyways. So it was really, really good. That went how it needed to for them trying to trying to make something work in the absences of obviously Immobile, Zaccagni, Lazzari. Lazzari was a big one, would have probably helped their flank out uh, tremendously. And yeah. obviously Immobile, you have to watch out for him in league. This is not the Azzurri. And uh, yeah, I get my little shots in there, of course, of course, on Lazio players. Got to get the shots in there. But it is what it is. We go to the second half. What was Juve going to do? Were we going to turn the screw? Were we going to attack them? Were we going to get after this, try and seal this thing? Absolutely. I was curious as to what Sarri was going to do if he was going to make any adjustment because I thought Sergei Milinkovic-Savic was wasted from his part. They did. They did change that. He did try to start making Sergei Milinkovic-Savic more of a target man. He started pushing against our back line. He started making runs into space. However... The rest of the team could not find Sergei Malinkovic-Savage. I think he had two opportunities just to flick the ball on in the area, but again, just cleaned up and handled very, very nicely from Juventus. There were a couple opportunities in the second half where Lazio did find a through ball on Cuadrado and Gatti's flank. Um, again, we cleaned them up, but there was one challenge where Cuadrado, it was a little sketchy. And he had to get in there and intervene again. I just like to see that be a little more cleaned up. And I think if I had to say what that comes down to is, again, if those guys had more minutes together, Gatti and Cuadrado ahead of them there, that probably gets cleaned up. It almost seemed like a communication thing mm -hmm. on uh, a couple of those. But outside of that, really, Lazio was rendered toothless. 47th minute, Milik gets a strike, tries to go short side off his left uh, foot. Forces a save. And then uh, 53rd, Milik, uh, Milik steals the ball in the midfield. It goes to Locatelli. He one-touches this ball over to Kostic. Kostic has a rip from the top of the area there. And there's your rebound. And who's there? Moise Keen. Cue the gritty. Here we go. 2-0. Juve. Outside of that, 88th minute, we get some subs. Di Maria finds Chiesa striding in there. And we even get a Chiesa assist to celebrate okay so Chiesa finding Milik uh, with his ball Milik doing well forces the defender to run in short side he just stops holds up and Chiesa did well looking up finding him and then uh, putting the money ball there all it needed to do was get a touch and it's directed towards goal 3-0 Chesney Chesney makes a good stop on a long Felipe Anderson uh, drive that was going to the top corner just to ensure that we get that sixth consecutive clean sheet in league play all right so incredible stuff there's the game three nil 
unbelievable. Let's get to your overviews post-match and uh, the 3-0, everything. Kesa coming in, and we're going to get to all the stuff after. After your overview, let's go right in to man of the match. So give us your thoughts on the game overall, second half, and who your man of the match was, and we could start this one off with Lex. Wow. So, I mean, what is there to say? That was two big wins for us in the past eight days. Um, was it about a six-game win streak now? Like, just an excellent run of form, you could say, more or less in the league, and um, especially in terms of results. And I thought that um, the performance yesterday was probably the happiest I've been watching us play in a while, probably especially that second half, um, just how we were controlling. I never felt like that game was out of our reach and out of our control. I never felt extremely threatened by Lazio. And so I thought that was excellent. Definitely lots of positives. I like that balanced midfield trio that we're seeing of Locatelli, Fagioli, and Rabiot. I think that it's they have a lot of um, qualities that suit each other well. And so I think that that has really helped us with that. I loved how we were playing wide and we were using the wide areas in our wing backs and then cutting back with crosses. We were really exposing them there, especially up that left flank. I know if we noticed in that left side and left half space was where we created our second and our third goal was coming both from that side. So I thought we did well to overload their 4-3-3 in that sense. Because um, that's where you're exposed, right? On those wide areas. So I thought that was good. I thought Kiesa assist. Like, how can you not be happy about that? We're just waiting for a Kiesa goal. Kiesa for the first time in our away kit too. Like, that was awesome. And uh, we looked really, Bremer looked really good in the back three, I thought. Um thought that there was a lot of positives to take away from that second half and um I mean who would have thought that it would be would have been keen leading this remontada for us which I thought keen brace that's why I think I'm gonna have to pick keen as my man of the match because I mean that's an excellent um excellent run of form for him yesterday and he put silenced a lot of uh doubters and haters a bit with that so I mean credit to keen Two goals coming up big for us. But, yeah, can you be mad? 3-0 win. We scored three goals in one game, guys. There you go. There you go. Just like we all expected. Omar. Yeah, so man of the match. I don't know. When I pick a man of the match, it's like someone who did their job great or someone who did over and beyond what he's supposed to do. So Keen did his job. He's a striker. He should score. He was there both times. Great finishes, great positioning. I, I, I'll stick with Keane. He deserves it. He, he's been on a rough patch, and lately he's been getting it on. He deserves it. As far as the game goes, we were really in control. Like Lex said, I didn't feel like we're losing the game at any point, and that Lazio are taking over. We kind of shifted really well between defensive phases to attacking phases. We did start taking our chances finally because I can I can't remember how many attacks of like three on one three on two that we didn't finish last season uh, with Morata and stuff and uh, shout outs to Milik he works his ass off every game and he got the goal he deserves uh, Kostic was once again great and I actually find it interesting that you know the high profile names that came in in the summer were Di Maria and Pogba but so far Bremer and Kostic were far and beyond our best signings this summer 
And I, w I know I shit on Quadrado a lot, and I think he should leave as early as January, but I will give him a bit of credit. Um, since we considered only seven goals all season, we keep praising the defense. He is our wingback. He is part of that defense. He's been, he's been there every game, so can't praise the defense and say he's been bad, because if he has been bad defensively, then we would have probably considered Offensively, that's a different story, but defensively, he deserves credit just as much as the rest of the guys. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, well said there, Omar. A lot of great points, and some of those are going to become discussion points after we get to the overviews. Let's get to uh, Lucas. Luca, uh, you pretty much you, you made the call a couple shows ago about Kostic and saying he was our guy, and yep, man, yep. you know what? It's it, For me, it was super close to him and Bremer top guys but man he is tough to deny and the work rate it's incredible it's incredible i i, I think yesterday after i think it was a, obviously the second goal i i went to look for like that snippet of that clip of me saying that because i'm like i want to double down on this because I, I i i found he just keeps improving every game and it's unfortunate that he can't go almost 90 minutes with the same intensity like usually around the 80th minute he starts to slow down just a tad and that's where i think illing being healthy was great for us at that time but He's playing 90 minutes every game. I think Kostic really, if it wasn't for Keane having such a great performance, uh, let's say stat-wise, uh, for me, I, I'm putting either Locatelli or Kostic as man of the match because Kostic did everything. He was up, down, left, right, center, hustled. But Locatelli, I think, nudges man of the match for me because he went in, at, at, we don't know what type of fitness he was in. He's battling some sort of injury. And he played his heart out. Like, you would never tell he was injured. 84 minutes, nonstop. He was leading the charge. He was fighting every fight as if it was his last. So for me, Locatelli just edges it because, you know, I think Keen on that second goal was just lucky to be there. Props on the first goal. But I think overall, Loka did above and beyond. And he did doing so carrying an injury. So for me, Loka, I, it just underrated today, uh, yesterday, sorry. And that's all I want to add. I mean, you guys yeah. said everything else beautifully. Those are my notes. Great, great stuff. Great, great stuff. Now, the World Cup ride or die. Lex, is this true? Did you say this? Did you say this? Fake. It's fake. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, we have a lot of good stuff coming in. It's not even the storm, the barn session, but based on, you know, everything you guys are saying and whatnot, great, great overviews from all three of you. And we've got some questions kind of coming in here and, uh, you know, it was a question mark we had going into the big games down the stretch because we knew we didn't have Chiesa for full games and we didn't have Di Maria coming in back for full games and all this, but, uh, Kush basically saying, why do our best players not have 90 minutes in their legs? Loka and Kostic, is anyone else concerned about that? I'm not necessarily concerned because of the fact of how much they've played consecutively now. And you throw in big matches like Inter and even this Lazio game in there. It's it's normal. I mean, these guys have had to uh, just go consecutively, especially in the middle of the park. Kostic has played an absurd amount of football since yeah. coming over okay and uh i'm honestly surprised not that he's bailing out when he does like as far as you can see the fatigue i'm actually surprised it isn't earlier in games based yeah. on how much oh, yeah. he's actually playing he's absolutely blown me away there was another comment here i want to touch on which was um as far as costage goes it was saying costage is one-dimensional but very effective he 
isn't actually one dimensional. I think what we use him for makes it seem as though he's one dimensional. But if you, you know, watched at Frankfurt and everything like that and saw what he could do there, he's far more capable. But again, I think it's, it's how we're using him and whatnot makes it seem that way. But one way or another, he is finding his contributions and he's been a crucial, crucial part of this team at this point. And now it's going to get interesting in the aftermath of this and looking ahead to the second season, which we will start to get into and start to dive in here. Um, just put in a fact here quick, quick. And top three uh, most minutes played this season, it's Danilo, Bremer, and Kostic in that order. Yeah. So, And those have been three yeah. of our con most consistent Consist performers, mm -hmm. absolutely, without a doubt. In terms of talking about our additions and them, you know, having effects and whatnot, you can't consider Pogba in the discussion because he hasn't played. Di Maria has faced, you know... Some injuries and whatnot as well, so it's kind of hard. Uh, Di Maria, however, when in the lineup, he was hot and cold. We talked about that yesterday on Match Day Live as well. So these guys and Kostic, again, he was one. Some of us were pretty hyped up on and pretty excited that we brought in, especially for that money. If you look back to my daily update videos all summer, I said this move, because we were starting to get rumors that it would be dependent on a different move and Kostic might not happen. I said at that money, bring this guy in no matter what. Like this move should be a standalone piece of business. Um, every now and then, every now and again, the gaffer gets one right. So there's one. There's one for the old uh, the old man. Okay, so here we go. Man of the match for me, um, you know, the nice thing about these performances as of late is there are multiple that you can choose. Okay. This was one of them. I saw great performances from Bremer, um, Danilo, Locatelli, um, Rabio had a great showing. Keen, bag in the goals, Kostic again for the work rate. Honestly, um, man of the match is just a team shout out for the actual team because that was for me our best performance in quite some time. Um, it was incredible. Absolutely neutralizing Lazio and a lot of our players getting involved somewhere or another and having their stamp on this match. So shout out to uh, the entire team on this one. Now let's get to some of the good stuff. Omar brought in shouts about the 4-2-3-1 in the second half, moving that one on. Reminder, everybody, while you're here, too, like the video, okay? Don't wait. Smash do that it. thumb button, okay? Subscribe. Do it now. Yeah, do it now. Four, two, three, one. Moving into the second half of the season, yes or no, why or why not? Who wants to kick us off on that? Yeah, I, I can start. Uh, I don't know. Like, if, if we didn't have that run of form that we currently have, I would say, yeah. Go for it, no questions asked. But that three-five-two, which obviously works, and like they found the formula, and that that may have been Max's all-time problem. It takes time until he finds the right formula for the team. Then I don't know. Is it smart to break it? Is it starting all over again? Or 
don't know, the reported one was with Chiesa in the middle and Kostic on the left and Di Maria on the right. Sorry. Yeah, Di Maria on the right. I'm fine with it. I think it could work, especially if we have Pogba somewhere in there. Um, but I would push Chiesa out and put uh, Di Maria in the middle. That's my only knock on it. Depe I, if we do go that route, I strongly believe we need either a left back or a right back. One of those. Have yeah. one of them. We can't go 4-2-3-1 with Sandro and Cordrado again. Yeah. I For me, it's really simple. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't see a reason to change. I don't see a reason to change the 3-5-2. As far as getting all our players in, this is also the same team that hasn't necessarily fixed their injury troubles, especially of the muscular variety. So I don't think we need to empty the clip with all these guys. Um, for me, I would definitely start looking at uh, Chiesa. I've got some hesitancy there, but I think as a wingback, if we keep things the way they are, Kostic is, is the flank that predominantly pushes forward. And if you're going to use Chiesa, you give him that freedom to kind of be that force out of there. That gives Di Maria that spot in behind your striker, which should then be Vlaovic, you know, and uh, I would keep things the same. I, I wouldn't risk this identity that we have come across, which is the defensive force, okay, and the clean sheets. And right now, that balance between your defense and midfield and whatnot should be kept and maintained at all costs, in my opinion. So going to a 4-2-3-1 as well, then you start looking at fullbacks. And I just, I don't, I don't see it. I would not mess with it. I would leave it in 3-5-2. The nice thing about Chiesa is, again, we can offer rotation. Di Maria should be preserved. A Paul Pogba should be preserved. We shouldn't have to get these guys 90s every single game in and out you shouldn't have to do that so keep it rotational and costage again has been a force that might open the door for Chiesa as that second striker and getting those guys on and then when you need if you need then Di Maria comes in and is that option I leave it the same Luca Lex your thoughts on a switch of formation or setup go first yeah I'm you guys both covered it really well. I'm probably going to agree with that too. I think if this 352 has been working for us and we find that it's getting the best and being able to use our players most effectively, like you mentioned in terms of managing injuries, managing minutes, then I say we should continue with it. I think that it's been a bit of consistency that we've finally landed upon that we've been waiting for. But I would also be okay. I think I can see a 4231 also working for our team. Um I don't see a problem with that I just again the fullback issue I think like the back three tends to um, alleviate that fullback issue I think Bremer looks super comfortable in the back three as well which is a positive so uh, like same thing like I said you know if it isn't broke don't fix it as Al mentioned and um, yeah that's what I'm going to say for it there you go Luca uh, I don't think we should change unless like you said we bring in any fullbacks in January uh, the four or in the back, I mean, at this point, Alexandro is not a fullback anymore. I think we can all agree he's better as a center back. Uh, and we know that, I mean, besides maybe MDS coming back and uh, and Danilo uh, also looks better as a center back lately, it's tough 
to even think about a four-man defense uh, when we have so many good center backs right now. Um, my only worry... Yes, Omar, go. No, no, go. Continue. <laughs> my only worry is that I don't see a left flank where we have Kostic and Chiesa together. I think it's good if they're both there. They work well together. But I feel like they have very similar qualities on the wide variants. Like, they both need to come in from the wing. And I would use one, not both, on the left side. Maybe try to shift one to the right. I'm thinking Chiesa. I don't know. I forget how his past is on the right side. I don't remember if it was great. But to me, I mean, my real worry is Cuadrado on that right side needs something to switch with. That's where January is going to be important. And again, like Al said, we don't need to put everybody in the starting 11. Like, you don't need to get Di Maria, Kostic, Chiesa, Duzan. Like, we could use some of these guys as subs. Don't yeah. forget, like, they're not completely fit yet. And, I mean, Chiesa or Di Maria as a sub is incredible. If you're having a good 60 minutes, imagine one of them coming in. I mean, it, I, I think Max now is going to be really put to the test. And that's, that's where we're going to be, you know, judging him heavily on. Yeah. So in terms of uh, keeping the same, I know Cuadrado, he's the common theme amongst maybe making a switch is to get him off the field and whatnot. Now, while we harp on Cuadrado quite a bit, and to be honest, this season has left saying a lot to be desired is an understatement. Um, however, on the defensive side of things, even in this 352 he he makes it work like he's still actually holding things down defensively mm -hmm. and it is helping because it's creating that left side to be an absolute force through Kostic so while we have the same frustrations from Cuadrado offensively and like hindering plays slowing plays down and whatnot he's still a part of making this whole thing work and he's played an absurd amount of minutes. He is older on his way out and still taking down the minutes. So, and Hey, I'm, I've been extremely rough on Cuadrado, but this is me saying it, that it's not all bad. And he is actually holding things down defensively. If there's one positive to take out of that. So again, it still stays in my three, five, two, we had this question, which was everybody fit. Give us your starting 11 um, just on the last show. And I, I said, I still stick in a three, five, two. And funny enough, through the frustrations, I still had Quadrado out there because it gives me our best center backs available as the three center backs in that system. To be the honest, issue, go ahead, issue uh, is, Homer. The issue is what happens when our left side doesn't function. When yeah, see, that's what I was having. An mm. off day because there's nothing happening on the right. That's my main concern. Well, we're not going to be a game. done, even with three nothing victory against Lazio. Even with this run of form, it it would be silly to say we still don't have work to be done. I see a lot of comments in here in the live chat about Fajoli and Fajoli's impact. We're not at the storm the barn moment now, but we'll get into this one mm -hmm. anyways because Jeremiah is dropping this saying that. The inclusion of Fajoli as a starter has brought out the best of the rest in the winning streak. Almost every single player has improved big time. This is not a coincidence. I had a question, and it was two shows ago, where I was saying, is his inclusion all of a sudden being overhyped? Or is it underrated? Where is it at? Here's the thing with me. 
I think Fajoli needs to be involved more than he already has when he's going to be playing in the midfield. If you look at this game yesterday, he had 17 touches in the first half. Okay, that's it. In the second half, only 14. Yeah. Only 14 touches. Our right side, it, granted it didn't need to be used, but this is not necessarily something uncommon with the Fajoli uh, thing in him in the midfield. He's still doing a great role. We're not losing anything defensively. When he's on the ball, he's very composed, he's poised, and he does well with it. And he distributes it very, very well. Always has high passing percentages, very low dispossession numbers. However, we're not utilizing him a lot. While Quadrado has been an issue on the right side, you still see fundamental issues with that midfielder that we have on that side with Quadrado, even when it's Fajoli. When it was McKenney, you see him abandon and immediately go forward. Quad can't get you the ball there. It's like we're trying to get him onto the byline ahead of Quadrado. That's nonsense. And Fajoli was doing the same thing yesterday. For whatever reason, this is common practice for Juventus, and we lose those options. They need to be that one option here. If you're playing a two-forward system, why on earth wouldn't naturally one of your forwards shift down that line in a straight line manner and your midfielder essentially should be inside of Quadrado, either next to him or moving forward for that angle. So we do this no matter who that player is. So regardless of who that wing back is, there's a bigger issue fundamentally and systematically that happens on that right side. And it's weird. It's weird that it hasn't been corrected. I think there's, but there's a reason for it, in my opinion. Like, because Fajoli is not, you know, this type of guy who runs fast. He's the kind of guy who distributes balls. And we've seen this an awful lot of time that Quadrado runs up, gets stuck, passes backwards. And I saw tons of times when he had the option to give it to Fajoli. He waited just a second longer and then yeah. it's gone and he has yeah. to pass it back. Yeah. While on the other side, Rabio has more of a big strides and explosive force, and he can aid Kostic as being the guy who cuts out wide and Kostic is the one going in. We don't see that on the right side because Fajoli is not as fast, big, or you know, just a physical presence like Rabio is. That's where I see the problem. But Fajoli is doing a great work that McKenney wasn't able to do. Here's the thing though. While we're still on the streak, and it doesn't matter left side or right side, and I'll tell you why. Because no matter what, even in this 3-0 victory, you did not break them down. You did not break them down other than counters. Yeah, exactly. Other than counter attacks. This team will continue to struggle until they fix that fundamental issue. Not that we're going to continue to struggle, but I still don't see us breaking teams down other than that counter attack. And in a counter attack... I expect almost any team to do well on counterattacks. There's still a lot of work to be done. That's one of the issues I see in it. I get Quadrado's frustrations, but I see something bigger systematically that still happens, and it's in the middle of the park. For me, it's not natural for a midfielder. Even if you take Quadrado out of the equation, but Jolie needs to get at least as many touches as Adrian Rabio his counterpart on the left side, very, very close to, okay? And he's not, he's never 
very rarely ever close. We had one match where he got close to it. And uh, it needs to be corrected because, in my opinion, that's the next step. We've done well. We've gone on this tear. But you have to keep improving. And this is one thing, too. Whether it's Paredes, whether it's Locatelli, whatever, they get abandoned sometimes too quick. Lazio, we neutralized Lazio. It didn't do anything. But that's the one caveat I have with this victory yesterday is that I still think we need to do better in terms of our own buildup. And I'm hoping it will come. For me, my call is Fajoli. He needs to get on the ball more. We need to figure out how to get those guys that can dictate, play, control tempo, and set people up on it more. That's my one thing. That's my one bugaboo from this match. Lex, Luca, what do you think in terms of those thoughts? Yeah, agreed. And I mean, if you go back to those um, Fajoli statements about like how him coming in uh, kind of changed things for us and changed our dynamic and our midfield and our team play. I felt that I agree with that too. And I put a tweet out about it yesterday and I thought also Fajoli helped bring out um, this really good run of form we've seen from Locatelli. So I thought that was also a great positive for our midfield. I think that they suit each other very well. Um, in terms of their play, we saw a lot of scene of notice since Fajoli's been playing with our midfield, which, as Al mentioned, still not as much as we'd like. But I thought that there has been more um, interplay and passing within our midfield, between our midfielders, which was great to see, like Locatelli and Fajoli playing one, two passes to each other, mm -hmm. um, creating space. Fajoli receiving the ball between the lines. That's probably my favorite thing he does because it's just been so long since we've seen our midfield work in that way. And so I think that that is definitely um, positive. And, you know, talking to that effect of bringing Fajoli and how that's done wonders for our, our team, for our midfield. And I just find it shocking that this is all happening too when he's still having the limited um, moments on the ball, as Al's pointed out with those stats about like still a limited number of touches. So I think yeah. if we can unlock that. We can get him on the ball more, get our midfield in general. Cause that was a big criticism, right? With the, the whole octagon formation. Remember that photo from oh, the back where it was like a non-existent midfield, but I felt that like we won the midfield battle yesterday and we've just had so much more presence as in our midfield since Fajoli came on so I do credit him a lot and Locatelli we stood by him we did stand by him no matter what he's still my guy I saw a comment that said Loca Alexa yeah so so is the Alexa going to change soon? it's got to change it has to come on it's the end of the Badge year Alexa. Lex let's go Badge Alexa I now, celebration for you. Show. let's get to let's get to some more of the goods here so now I can already see in the live chat do not mistake what I was saying because everyone say, what would happen if McKinney was in there yesterday? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is mm -hmm. the same system issues are present regardless of who the individual is. It's what they're being asked to do. They need to figure that out yeah. to move to the next step. We must always be looking to improve. Never be satisfied, everybody, because if you're satisfied, that's when the improvement stops. So... We're not satisfied just yet. I've got big, big things and big, big hopes for this team in the second half of the season. I, now, I haven't changed our mantra. Game by game. Doesn't one matter where game we are. at a time. One game at a time. And let's not forget, because when those goals came and we got all ecstatic, I was losing it on the watch along, okay? <laughs> but until that 42nd minute, it was the same feeling of yeah. we're not creating enough. Yep. We're not creating enough. We're not doing And then all of a sudden, what happened? It was a steal. 
and a counterattack ball mm-hmm. over the top. I expect that to happen when we get those types of moments, but it's in the buildup ahead of that. Juve was being shut down as well. And again, good defense in Lazio, but we've seen that against a lot of opposition, opposition that's not as strong defensively as Lazio as well. Mm-hmm. So just saying, room for improvement there. Danilo, can Danilo get some goddamn love, please, okay? All right, let's give Danilo some goddamn love, okay? The only player to play in every single minute of the six straight consecutive league clean sheets, okay? I've been at it, okay, with people on Twitter. I will not stand for Danilo slander, okay? It's done. This guy is our leader, and he is this team's captain, and he's done more than enough to deserve it, and I am more than happy for this guy, okay? So uh, it's funny to me. Just one of the things I notice, I'm not going to put anyone on the spot or anything, but we as Juventini can be demanding with players. We want them to act right, say the right things, play a certain manner, give their 150%, show Brinta. Danilo does it all, and for some reason, there's still a bunch that want to shit on him. I don't get it. Danilo is this team's captain, and I'm giving him massive massive props does anyone have anything they want to touch on with danilo before we get to our next topic just that uh, i've said it before that um uh, some players just you know their characteristics fit the teams that they're playing at and his way of playing and his uh you know positive traits didn't match real madrid or, or man city. city no but for juve yeah, that Grinta, that leadership, that mm-hmm. is what we as fans are looking for. And if you had, if you ask fans in the summer uh, if we should sell them or not, like 80% would say yes. Uh, but it proved that it took a bit of a, you know, two, maybe three years to finally find his place and find his rhythm. Sometimes these things take time and no one is bombing right out of the gate. It's pretty rare, actually see someone just being as good as he can be you know from the from the first minute he plays and yeah. Danilo is a living proof of that yeah can anything I, to add Lex Luca just quickly similar to Kostic we're not looking for flamboyant you know exciting champagne football this is Juventus for the longest time we've been lacking some sort of identity what we needed were guys who were going to do the job like to, at what they're being asked to do on and off the field and then and give everything. We don't need you to take on your man and do a roulette. No, we just need you to play for the shirt, show that you care and hustle. And that's what Danilo's done. That's what Kostas has done. That's what Bremer has done. That's what Locatel. I mean, I could keep going, but props to Danilo for doing exactly what's demanded and nothing, you know, extremely. We, we don't need the cat. Like, the Cancelo debate is done. That's four years ago. I don't hear it anymore. Done. You don't have to be flashy. You just got to get the job done. And exactly. Danilo, too, has been asked to reinvent himself like multiple times across different positions, and he's taken yeah. it in stride. And I also think that, like, to play from the player to have gone from when he, like, turned off his Instagram comments because he was just getting so much hate from fans um, to where he's at now, where he's going to, he's in a, you know, in our hierarchy to be captain. Like, I just think that that's just fantastic. And I think that's like a, a tribute to his character for sure. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, fantastic stuff. You guys make me so proud sometimes. No Danilo slander ever on the AJC. I'm going to save Love that it. one. Love it. Now, Keen. Moise Keen. Let's talk a little bit about Moise Keen. Oh, this is a prime example of why when we talk about contract extensions, we talk about players, and you can tie Rabio into this too. You can't necessarily look at the past when you're making decisions on players currently. And this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Moise Keane last season, if we could have, we would have said, get the hell out of here the second we had that opportunity. And everybody would be there with me. Don't lie. So we would have all been there. Oh, yeah. But here we go into the season. And again, started off rocky for Moise. Okay. But obviously through injury, through necessity, through max backing and everything. Here we are. And if this continues, all of a sudden this obligation that we were dreading isn't so much of a big deal. So it just goes to show you, just maybe remain calm sometimes and let's just wait because a lot can change over the course of a season. Unfortunately, with guys like Alexandro, nothing will change. But I'm telling you, Moise Keane is a prime example of just pumping the brakes on all those rumors, discussions, and everything. Guys, anything to add? Well, Keen's so young. Like, that's the one thing that, like, was going for him. And I know I had mentioned it last year, too, when um, we were talking, we were in those talks. I mean, the way he was performing, like, there's no doubt. I mean, you'd watch and you're like, well, this is this is not going to work. This isn't working for us right now. But he's so, he's so young that I think that it's, not surprising that he's can have this type of turn of form i don't know if it's i mean if he can keep this up it's definitely good for like a sub striker for us or whatnot but i mean definitely is better we need these guys to be clicking so that's good that he's turned these things around a little bit still need to see more from him of course but yeah yeah omar yeah i i still have like a soft spot for him because after everything, he's still a youth product of Juve, and there's nothing better than seeing these guys succeed uh, at Juve. So I, I would have probably sent him away in the summer if we had the option. But like many times, uh, I probably would have been wrong. I hope he, like my prime hope is that he wouldn't turn into another Balotelli, uh, overhyped since young age, but. If he does do well, that's that's the scale for me. He needs to do well. He needs to be quiet and keep on working and shutting all of us up with goals and great performances. Nothing better than that. So yeah. I still have a soft spot for him, and I hope he'll keep it. Great, great stuff. Also, can't be, uh, can't be ignored. The diet lost 20 to 22 pounds. Um, yeah more productive maybe well obviously has an effect usually when players are asked to cut especially that much during a season it's pretty hard on them and usually affects them uh in the other manner but this is a great instance where it's helped uh, tremendously luca anything to add to keen uh look i had my reservations i'll be very honest i still think and i'm, I'm look i'm again i'm very glad that he stepped up i still think much of it just came down to max having no one else really to play there. I mean, Duzan's been out. Miretti, I think, was probably the only option you could put in for for Keane yesterday if Keane wasn't starting. Uh, but I'm, I'm look, I'm glad he's performing. 
I think if he mentally finds, uh, you know, some sort of serenity, then, you know, the sky's the limit. But much like Balotelli, that's all it was. It was a, you know, a, a mentality thing. Uh, a lot of people are angry about his, you know, his snub from the, the call-ups for the Azzurri. Again, that goes back to his, his discipline, his mentality. I think he was late for many practices and stuff like that. He's 22. If he matures, becomes at one with his mental state and, you know, works on his first touch, uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. And again, he's young, so I don't think there's really a downside to all this. I think he can only go forward, but uh, he's, he's proving a lot of people wrong. And I'm glad that I'm one of them because... Like you said, last year, a lot of us would have said sell him in the summer. So, Yeah, yeah. So, again, just another positive note here. Max Allegri being credited for helping with diet and getting uh, the weight down there. Now, Max Allegri. Max Allegri. I don't want to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> 30%. I'll give you right now, right away. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Has Max changed anyone's opinion so far? No. No? Not yet. Can I start? Can I start? Go, Luca. It's going to feed off what I just said. I mean, I'm glad the team is clicking. Max, we had this, I had this discussion with Lou this morning. Max can be praised for many of the, the things that are going right. But he can also easily be you know, a slammed for a lot of things that went wrong. For, you know, like the, the the faith he's had in Keane and the faith he's had in a lot of other guys like Rabiot, yes, he's done well. But the faith he's had in other guys who aren't doing as well can also be looked at. So I think, yes, the continuity is important. I think the team going through this rough patch and doing so well, I'll applaud him for doing well in a bad moment. Do I think it's all on him? No, I think a lot of that does stem from the players finally finding unity and finally understanding what Max wanted. You know, I think the, the biggest disconnect was them understanding what he wanted. Now that that's being understood, I am going to give him more and more props as we go forward. But I have a big, big, like, hypothetical on what's going to happen when we come back from the break, because that that's going to be decisive. Now that he's, you know, because right now he's doing what all managers should be doing. He's getting, he's doing what he can with what he has. For the extra couple million that he makes above every other manager, now it's going to be the decisive point of saying, is he worth what we're paying him? And is he still a top coach? Because now is going to be the real challenge at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Omar, Lex, feel free to jump in here. Yeah. yeah sometimes I... you just have those, you have those games against Lazio and Inter that you can praise basically anyone, but then you have your Verona games. Yep. where you barely scrape out a win based on luck because a different referee might have given one or two penalties there. And that's what concerns me. Like, when are we going to see that Juve again? When it matters against smaller teams, We, what are we going to lose seeing that Juve? Because it's pretty consistent. We get that every four or five games, that type of, of performance against the lower tier sites. And that's where his test will be. I mean, you know, Napoli are pumping on all cylinders. Let's see if we can catch them. The, the smaller teams are where we should get the points to close the gap. Let's hope we can keep it up and we won't see another Verona match. Yeah. Lex? 
Agreed. I mean, that's my reservation right there that Omar said. It's it's those types of mentality switches, those inconsistencies from Max that I just, it's just like you'll have a great game like we played against Lazio and Inter. We'll go out our next game against maybe a weaker side or we'll sit back. Or there'll be those switches where we'll go up a goal and then we'll sit, we'll sit back again because we're when there's something um, on the line, it's always like that kind of that fall back to that safe play mechanism. And I just, I don't like that mentality. I've never been a fan of it. The sit back, like defensive ball. And like Al said, we still have problems creating. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. I think credit to Max, I'm pretty hard on him. So credit to him for getting us these results and um, along with the players, of course, for Lazio and Inter. However, I still see concerning, as Omar mentioned, that Verona game was just last game. And that was, um, extremely concerning and mm -hmm. very um, uneasy watching that type of play. And I still stand by the fact that if Allegri can maybe rewrite um, the ship for the rest of this season, maybe we, I don't know, we finish top four, whatever your definition of successful season from Max would be. I still stand by the fact that I do think that a different manager with a different approach than what we've seen thus far from Max um, we'll get more out of this squad. I do still think that, and I still stand by that. But we do have we work with him right now, and like Lucas said, after the break, big um, test for him to see what kind of lineup he puts out when we do have that availability, right? And we do have all those guys back. It'll be up to him to tinker around and see who he wants to go with. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's like this, um, and you know, sometimes I map these things out perfectly you know we talked about the players we talked about them being able to change your opinions change things over the course of a season with max i say the same what he's done now earns him the right to finish the season okay so he's earned that right any talk of doing it now i would definitely be against okay he's yeah. earned that now yeah. see the season through opinion can still change but i will say this and credit to max and i will uh i will credit him on this because i take a big fat l for not believing that he could have this type of turnaround before the world cup break yep. because i saw the 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 space that we covered the amount that we covered in that period of time from where we were at that ultimate low and then the Champions League defeat and uh, getting bounced, uh, going into Europa League. I would have never thought that turnaround in that quick. And whether, here's the question, and here's where my next uh, wave of thinking comes in terms of Max Allegri. We will learn far more about Max 2.0 in the new year. Because yeah. when the guys come fit, because the biggest question still comes facing Max and this team is, did he stumble upon something he wouldn't have gone to if he didn't absolutely have to? So for me is, has he actually found the formula? Did he stumble across the formula? Not only that, even if he stumbled upon it, this is fine. That's perfectly fine. Can he keep it going? Can he integrate the big pieces enough? Yeah. Can he manage everything and keep this <clears throat> steamroller going? Because right now we are steamroller. Right now we are only seven goals allowed in Syria, um, easily the top defense. 
and uh, we're getting the results. I know the Verona match was ugly as hell, but three weeks ago, that's a draw or a loss. So there is some progress made. For me, I take a big fat L because I did not think he would do it. Going into but that, but break. that wouldn't have been delusional in any way. We did look, you know, like three weeks ago we were we were in eighth place behind Roma, behind Inter, behind Atalanta, and Lazio it's too. amazing. Like Milan got saved in the final minute from an own goal. If not, we'd be second place. That own goal would be second place. Yeah, from eighth to second in uh, three weeks. Three weeks. I mean that that's something crazy. And the other question is, what could have happened if he didn't stick to his own guys and would have tried those fellas? I'm from, talking you know, a bit earlier. more. I'm talking a bit more team oriented, though. I'm talking about I would have never get a, the space that we overcome and everything is great, but still six games to score whatever twelve goals and concede zero, regardless of the results, the standings, what happened in the standings with other teams, regardless. That's an incredible record. The bigger thing, the more impressive thing, is that I thought he completely lost the locker room. And yeah. I saw no way back from that. Another moment that can't be understated is Andrea Agnelli doubling down on Max and calling the players out. Uh, that was a ballsy, ballsy move. Cocky, man. That was a ballsy, ballsy move. And uh, hey, so far right now, it Dude. is in our favor and it's working out. But the second half of the season is where we are really going to learn about Max and this team. Got to signal out the Retiro too. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually important. <laughs> There's been some uh, some moments. Storm the barn. We have time for some. I've marked some that were earlier on in the discussion. We'll get there. Okay, so uh, let's get those uh, in there now as we speak. As far as uh, top four goes, it finishes in World Cup break. Napoli at first with 41 points. Milan second, 33. Juve third with 31 points. And Lazio in fourth with 30. Okay, so Lex, I am going to call you out. Do you still feel 50% on Juve finishing in top four? Is it still 50-50? Never let that one go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy it. Oh, she's doubling down. I'm more convinced now after, but it's just, it was... <laughs> well, it was a good run of form, I 60, guess. 40? One game, 60 but... 40? Not even. 60 40? Don't, no, don't give. Don't give. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I'm going to remind everybody and give it to you. It's okay to get pumped up about your team. It's okay. Yeah, well. We're not used we're to coming. it. <laughs> we're coming back. If we come out of this World Cup break, start integrating these big guys, it's going to be good. But 50 50, look at Justin. 50 50? 50 50 on winning the hey, league, whoa, maybe. Whoa. I said it when we were, I think we just Eighth. lost. This is all whatever. Yeah, we get Storm the Bart. Do you think, you know, because there are some talking about it. And look at Bikram G, 50% to win the Scudetto. Yeah, 50 look, 50 for the Scudetto. Is all there. I'm going to yeah. say is this. You guys can, we'll have a little quick, quick comments on uh scudetto talk okay for me it's just like this if there's any team more ready for the second half of the season i would seriously challenge that because no team has gone through the adversity and the heat that juve did the absolute turmoil this team is battle tested and they're ready they get their guns back come january look out 
because if Max can find the formula, the rotation, and keep everything balanced and normal, I'm saying anything can happen when you have a team that's playing in that manner and that fashion. If we can keep the clean sheets going, I'm telling you, like there still is a possibility. There's the possibility, and it starts Friday, January 13th. If you can swing that game and you get those if you can get a six-point swing with Napoli, those goddamn rats, I'm telling you, it all starts there. But that's just how I feel. Is that 82nd no, minute penalty? Is there's no team <laughs> as ready for the second half of the season as Juventus. The winter, the World Cup break, everybody talking about a worst possible timing. I think it's good timing. I think it's good timing. But how do you guys feel about Scudetto talk? Just in general, Scudetto talk. Omar, kick us off. Real quick, I, I, I'm gonna man, maintain the game by game. game, by I game. can't yes. make a prediction on that. Yes. But uh, but I will say that what you're saying is correct. And maybe sometimes you need—I've said it before—you need to lose all hope in order to really start rebuilding. Yeah. And once we stop fantasizing about Scudetto and Champions League and stuff, then something has changed in the team, and we have Cremonese. Going back from uh, after the World Cup, the, yeah. which is okay, we could have gotten Napoli instead, and that might have been a shit show. But Cremonese is a good way to get the guys, you know, back rolling again. And they, look, they have a, a long break right now, and there's maybe a lot of time to work on fitness and new formation and stuff with guys who weren't here uh, after that shambolic US tour uh, they did in the summer. We could come out even stronger after the break. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Real quick, real brief, Luca, Lex, Scudetto talk. Lex? Luca? <laughs> Look, I think I think right now, as Omar said, it's a game at a time. Okay. Um, the reality is a lot of these guys, I think, couldn't deal with the Juventus pressure. This is a team that you you, you join Juventus, you're expected to win the league. It's, it's as simple as that. That's how our... Our, our expectations have been and now that we basically lost all hope and these guys are like okay we're at you know we're at the absolute bottom you know they they start to realize that the less you think about and are expected to win the the, the more they're able to actually just play and focus on the performance rather than on you know the results so i think now that they've hit rock bottom and they've seen what they could do as a team i think you know the sky is the limit, but they need to continue that mentality and stop worrying about the outside pressure. So uh, one game at a time, we'll see where it goes. And I, I can't make any predictions. Anything could happen. Yeah. Lex, your thoughts, Scudetto talk. I mean, <laughs> this is the one you had. I had one I'm standing by us going 50-50 to make top four. So, I mean, <laughs> no, but I think that it's a long season. Um, there's a lot that can happen. You're mathematically in it you're still in it but like Omar said game by game and I think the rest of the league definitely has more cause for concern now with us this second half of the season I think that's a good feeling and that's a feeling the team should pride themselves on there you go there you go but same common theme one game at a time I will say this though I stand behind what I say no team is more battle tested and ready they're united that's when interesting things can happen and for me this is a bigger turnaround than what happened in 2015-16 which also started with a victory against torino hey hey who knows who knows now 
Storm the Barn, we have time for a few. There's been a ton in here. So we're going to rifle through these, okay? So let's try and machine gun a couple rifle of these. Rifle through and machine gun. Giesa to score 10 goals or more than 10 goals. Yes uh, or no? I think he's actually going to be more of a provider. I don't see him hitting 10 goals. So I'm yep. going to say no, probably close to maybe eight or some, but more assists. Lex, yes or no? Agreed. Yeah, more of a provider. More provider. Luca? Same. Okay. Omar, you think he's hitting 10 goals? I think he'll have 10 goal contributions. I mean, yeah. assists and goals combined. Yeah, that makes sense. There you go. There you go. Now we've got that one. Ah, do you guys think we're playing better without Vlaovic or is it just coincidence that we found form while he has been injured? Spicy. I think the way we've been playing now is definitely not the way we were playing while Vlaovic was here, but I don't think it's because of him. And if I look at some of our successes lately, it's more a balance in the midfield and everything else working. So I think you plug Vlaovic in there and we still do just as good. And I think he starts finding more contributions, to be honest. So I don't think it's we're playing better because of him being out. That's me. Guys, quick. Uh, Lex, start us off. Yeah, agreed with you, Al. I think you put Vlaovic in how we're working right now, and I think we do better, and he does better. Yeah. Luca? Look, I was hard on him before. I think I think Duzan was not uh, exactly hitting the potential or the expectations that we had of him. Uh, do I think it's because of him that we're doing better? No. Definitely think it comes down to our midfield and our unity as a squad. Uh, but now I definitely think, like Max, the pressure is going to be on Duzan when we return. Because now the expectations are there again. We've got a team that's clicking. You are a star striker. I expect him, maybe not to bury two, three goals a game, but to at least get a contribution every game. If you're starting, you are the fulcrum of this project. Make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Omer? Uh, what, what Lex said, basically. But when the team is doing well, the rest of the guys will do well, and you gotta remember he's the same age as Keane, so, and Keane arguably has more experience, you know, on the top level with Paris Saint-Germain and Premier League and stuff. So I'm patient. I don't think it's because of him that we played bad. Yeah, absolutely. Justin B's got one for the army. How do we feel about the lack of speed at times? I'd love a speedy winger or fullback. Kiesa, Kiesa, Di Maria playing. Those guys will pick it up for speed. That's how I feel. Omar. Yeah, and add Kostic to the mix. Is yeah, Kostic is fast, Yeah. Luca, do we have a lack of speed? Uh, I think Chiesa will make a difference in there. Anel is fast, but he's more pacey than he is fast, I'd say. Uh, he's just more, uh, sorry, dynamic. Not straight line speed, but more... Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Slalom. I but I think our, our right side, I really think... We discussed Cuadrado before. I think if we get someone a little bit more, I think, as a, just a, a contrast to Juan on the right side... We could have two very effective flanks. The fact that we're always focused on our left is great because our left was our weak spot for years. But I still think if we could get someone on the right to balance it off, who you know, like this guy could really be the limit if we have two flanks that are dangerous. Yeah. Lex, lack of speed? Um, no, I agree with what you said. I think Kiesa comes back and helps that. I think Kostic has got some, a lot of direct pace too. Rabiot. Yeah. Some speed. You should stop pushing Grabio in every argument. Stop it. Stop He's a controversial it. topic. Stop. Was no, going out of Champions it. League stop a it. blessing in disguise? No. No, Luca says no. Sorry. I don't think so. No. I don't think it was a blessing in disguise. Um, no, it, it actually, been... hold on a second. Look, 
Because the team really united after that. Yes, they were, like, thrown yeah. into. I mean, yes, but also it's still a it's still a huge, huge loss for the season. That doesn't change. I but don't think it's a blessing. Is that one of the moments? It's definitely a contributing moment to yes. the turnaround. Yes. Because of its implications, because it's such a big deal. So actually, maybe just maybe that was the final kick in the ass the team needed to wake up. It's an expensive kick in the ass. It no, is. It's, it's, not, it's not that like we deserved it. The only downside of it is the money. Like I don't feel we we might have gotten just another you know elimination by a club bruise or something that would have been even more painful. So maybe <laughs> what do you wonder? Yeah, he's <laughs> right. Maybe we saved ourselves. <laughs> um, but money wise, it's a pretty big loss. Can we win at least two trophies this season? I will say anything can happen. That's it. Anything can happen. That's all I'm going to say. Anything to add, everybody? One game at a time. One game at a time. Yeah. Anything can happen one game at a time. Ramo, Inter and Lazio were great tests along with great results. However, Napoli will be the true test. Do you agree that Napoli will be the actual true, true test? Of course, you would have to say because those are the ones that everyone's chasing. So it is a bigger test. But... Let's not downplay Inter and Lazio because those were tests, especially looking at where we were coming from. Still good tests, but Napoli is going to be another, that next level test for Juve. Any more to add, guys? Yeah, Inter, Inter qualified, you know, from a very tough group. Yeah. And right after they lost to us, they won 6-1. Like, it's not like they're in bad form. We were just able to disable them yeah. and playing our games. So... I wouldn't downplay not them and not Lazio. These were good tests, but obviously Napoli is one of the better yeah. sides in Europe right now, statistically. So, of course, they're the biggest test we have in the league. And yeah. if we, we want to talk top four or Scudetto, then that those two Napoli games are huge for yeah. all of that. Like, it's just because it's going to come down to that. I can't wait. We got to win at least one of them. We have to win at least one of them. 82nd minute penalty, controversially <laughs> called for Juventus. That's all I need to see versus Napoli. <laughs> it's all I need to see. Just a, I need everything to explode. I love it. I love uh, it. The flip side. The flip side <laughs> that it will not leave my memory. What if two points to Salernitana come into play? Oh, don't don't do the what if, Bert. Type. Don't do it. I'm telling I, you. Let's just see. I tell but, you, I'll tell you why I'm not concerned about it because it happens every season. There's yeah, always one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was bad. That, that was blatant. one was blatantly bad. Blatantly the other one bad, were, yeah. You know, opinion oriented. What that was just a this flat was out terrible. Error. Yeah. Last one. Are you guys concerned we have 11 players going to the World Cup and teams like Napoli only three? Does this concern you? Again, for everybody, the World Cup for we have uh, Bremer, Danilo, and Sandro for Brazil, McKenny for USA, Vlaovic, Kostic for Serbia, Rabio for France, Chesney and Milik for Poland, and Paredes Di Maria for Argentina. Are we concerned with having 11 players going to the World Cup? Yes or no? Lex? Um, I think just from a fitness perspective, that would be the concern. You'd hope that they don't come back hurt, right? That's probably the only thing I would say. I would say That's the question, we- Lex. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the concern. I think personally, I think it's also hard to take off, what is it, like 50 days in between? Like, that's till the next Serie A game. So I think that's also difficult. Yeah. Luca, Omar, anything to add on? (laughs) Are you concerned? Are you concerned? Yes or no? I'm concerned. No. So Luca's concerned, Omar isn't. 
Yeah, Omar, actually, go ahead, buddy. It actually makes the World Cup more interesting for me since Italy are not there. At least I have Juve players to follow all over. And that's it. I'm not concerned. You know, fitness issues or fitness issues, uh, mainly luck. I don't think it has to do anything. If they wouldn't have played there, then they would have played in the league. So fitness issues were scare either way. I'm actually more confident for them playing for the national team than for you. Yeah, because because their fitness team is better there. I yeah. am. Uh, I'm not concerned. The reason I'm not concerned is number one, I don't know if we can even actually face more injuries than we already have so far this season. Okay. The other thing is, if you look at some of those players and where they stand on their national side, that kind of gives me a little bit of. Uh, reprieve too and being overly concerned because some of them aren't going to be logging the minutes on the national team that would make me actually concerned the other thing is honestly like i said we've been already gone to hell and back okay and uh, we made it through so whatever happens happens i still say right now we have left 2022 in the perfect manner the rivals are thinking about us anytime we get close and when you throw in a couple of these ugly controversial wins i love it i love it because that just spices things up and we will always live rent free in all of their heads it will always be juve versus the world i'm telling you and i absolutely love it fantastic end to 2022 perfect perfect ending against lazio lex omar Luca, you guys were fantastic. Live chat, absolutely amazing. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. We are not done during the World Cup break, okay? We're taking a Juve break, but not necessarily because we're going to be doing the World Cup Ride or Die Challenge. So this gives us opportunity to have some fun through the World Cup, okay? So we're going to end up following our teams and having shows following the performances of Juventus players. Now, everybody who chose their team member Okay, that they were going to follow in the ride or die challenge. If your team member's team wins the World Cup, you are entered into the draw to win the national team kit of your choice. If your representative has the top goal scorer, there's another prize that you're in a draw for just those people that chose that member. Okay, and most points out of the group stage from all teams combined gets a prize. So we have a lot of prizes. Okay. The other thing is, too, that the team members don't know. The team members don't know that there's a prize for the team member whose team wins the World Cup. All right. So we're going to have a lot of fun. And if you thought the banter on some of these shows was good before, wait till this World Cup goes because I'm telling you, we're going (laughs) to end up uh, having some fun here. Now, the members were all uh, already determined before we saw these lists because we randomly draw the teams, okay? So uh, I apologize if some haven't got in there. It's a little tough to do now. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe we'll whip something else up. But we're going to have a lot of fun with this, so make sure you still stay tuned to the channel because uh, the World Cup ride or die is going to be good. Again, condolences and apologies to anyone who decided to uh, go with Lucci or Anthony. Absolutely shocking stuff. But, you know. <laughs> Choose wiser. Choose wiser. Next, yeah, that's wiser. it. Next guy is not a popularity contest. I gave sometimes. you guys a one-minute video on why not to do it. But, hey, you know, you live, you learn. Everybody, 2022 ends. Juventus in third place where nobody thought we would be. Okay? Positive. Let's go. 
Enjoy uh, the World Cup break. Hopefully we still see you for some of the shows we'll do, and I'll still keep you in tabs on the news. Everybody, fino alla fine, forza Juve. Is Juve back? Is Juve back? Starting to feel that way. Let's wait and see in 2020. On our way. Ciao a tutti.